The Church Media Podcast, episode number 65, Great Church Sound with James Wassum. Let's do it. Hey there. Welcome to the Church Media Podcast. The definitive podcast for helping you create dynamic experiences and build solid media production teams at your church. We're bringing you knowledge and insight from top media professionals from around the world. Useful, practical content in the areas of live production, design, leadership, digital communications, and more. The show notes for this episode and all archive episodes of the show are available online now. Go to 1230media.com slash podcast. And now, broadcasting from the ministry headquarters of 1230 Media, here's your host, church media coach, Carl Barnhill. Hey guys, hope you're having a great week. Welcome to the Church Media Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Our goal is to help you create dynamic experiences at your church and build a powerful media production team filled with stellar volunteers. We do that by giving you some solid media production training and talking with the best minds in church world. Today, I welcome my friend James Wassum to the show. James is a seasoned audio engineer. He's the author of the book, Great Church Sound, which is a must-have for yourself as a church tech. The book does a deep dive into everything that goes into having stellar church audio. James is also a co-author with me on a book called The Ultimate Production Team Handbook, which will be on the market soon, so be sure to be on the lookout for that. We're going to be spending a couple weeks with James discussing a list of topics related to church sound and your volunteer audio team, so be sure to take some notes. James gives some really good stuff in our time together. Today we're going to introduce you to James, talk about some of the great resources that you can can get for your church, and talk through some common audio challenges like eliminating feedback, EQ, microphones, and more. My interview with James is coming right up after this week's free church media resource. Hit it. And now, your church media resource of the week. Software, websites, gadgets, and tools that will resource your creativity and your ministry. Hey, my name is Dan Bracken, Senior Media Producer at Ginghamsburg Church in Tip City, Ohio. I use the Adobe Creative Cloud for my creative endeavors, and when my videos need an extra boost, Adobe After Effects is my go-to for motion design. After Effects can be intimidating at first, but lucky for us, the internet is a bottomless vault of tutorials. I'd recommend the Tutorials tab on videocopilot.net. From basics to more advanced techniques, Andrew Kramer has tips and tricks for everyone. Visit videocopilot.net to get your motion skills off the ground. For more free resources for your team, visit 1230media.com slash training. This is an exclusive interview from 1230 Media and Carl Barnhill. Get shareable content and free resources for your team at 1230media.com slash podcast. Here's Carl now. Hey guys, joining me on the phone is a great partner of ours in the area of church sound design, my friend James Wassum. James has spent the last 20 years performing and touring in bands as a drummer, mixing live sound for churches, schools, and theaters. He has extensive experience working as an audio systems installer and designer. He is also the author of Great Church Sound, which is a comprehensive guide to how you can have incredible sound at your church. James, welcome in. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, it's awesome to be here, Carl. 
Now, I gave uh, people a little taste in your bio, but but walk me through your experience and what led you to, to church media and your love of church audio. Yeah, I, um, I guess I, I grew up playing drums uh, probably when I was in middle school and high school, and my dad was an electrician, so I got exposed to uh, electricity and all the nuances of that. So I guess running sound was uh, kind of a good bridge between those two different skills. Uh, so I, I kind of fell into sound uh, when I was playing in bands and needed to run sound for the band. And then as I uh, got out of school, I needed a day job, so I became a professional sound guy and uh, started installing sound systems for churches, schools, and businesses, and things like that. And then that quickly got me roped into volunteering at church, and I uh, just kind of started volunteering there, and one thing led to another. Now, you have a, a site called Great Church Sound and, and a whole ministry dedicated to this. How did that kind of come about? How did you form that? Yeah, it, you know, it really came out of kind of the pain point of, of my own experience of first kind of learning how to get good sound at church and then becoming a church tech team leader. And, you know, at that time I was exploring resources to be able to help teach my team and, and even teach myself. And as a pro sound guy and doing it professionally, there were great resources for me on that level, but they were just way too technical for uh, training my volunteers. And so I, I really kept looking for something that was simple enough but comprehensive enough to allow the average volunteer sound tech to come up to speed. And I, you know, at that time, I just wasn't really finding anything. So I always had it on my heart and mind to create a resource. And uh, it, it took me a while to finally stop procrastinating. Uh, but I finally put it together and uh, came out with uh, Great Church Sounds uh, about a year ago. Well, it's great, man. It's a great resource, definitely for volunteer teams at churches and, and church tech guys. And, and you've wrote a, a, you've written a book uh, with the same name, Great Church Sound, a kind of a comprehensive guide to having great church audio. Uh, tell me about how this book came about for you. Um, yeah, that that was really, uh, you know, kind of putting all those resources together and trying to build a guide that kind of walks folks through step-by-step step in a very organized way so that you can kind of start with almost knowing nothing about sound and then by the end of it get to the place where you can uh, you can really feel comfortable with some of the concepts and a little bit of the terminology. Um, it, it's not very tech-heavy. We don't go into a lot of equations, physics, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so we keep it very accessible, and, and I just try to explain things in a, in a you know, understandable way for the average uh, Churchtown volunteer. So that worked out pretty good. And then, then kind of out of that, you know, uh, kind of found a few things that were very common uh, issues with a lot of church sound systems. So I came out with a little kind of companion guide for solving worship distractions and your sound system. So um, that was one of those things that was honestly kind of my way of saying, please don't let this happen at your church. <laughs> and uh, so we go into a few ways of how to how to do that, and that's actually a free resource um, that's kind of a companion to that. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that resource, and where, where can we get that, and, and how can we uh, we download that for, for our team, if I'm a if I'm a church tech guy at a church? Yeah, um, it, it is 
a free PDF download, and actually um, listeners for this podcast could go to greatchurchsound.com slash churchmedia, and uh, I'll have a bunch of links and stuff for you to get started, and you can download that guide as well. Um, but, um, yeah, that, that was really something, you know, that, that we cover a lot of the critical points for uh, church sound folks and distractions that happen in worship services. And we start kind of with dealing with feedback and uh, some basic EQ tips and things like microphone placement, stuff like that, to try to really get to the bottom of some of those core issues that can be so distracting. And that's some of the stuff that I'd love to kind of dive into today. I, I want to kind of ask you about the content in both of those resources and, uh, and, and just kind of walk through how we can have great church sound at our church. Um, so let, let's start with feedback, maybe. So, okay, the, this question might be a little bit basic, but what is feedback and how do we stop it at our church? Yeah, it's funny because that's uh, something that I mean, when I first got started in sound, I was deathly afraid of feedback <laughs> as a young sound guy and, and then taking that kind of ownership or leadership of the sound at church. Uh, feedback was my arch nemesis. Um, so I felt that it was important to really address that uh, first and foremost in the book and, and help other people in my position that I was in starting out to get a handle on it. And that's something you don't need to be afraid of. Um, feedback is simply an audio input source at a microphone being sent through the loudspeakers and then looping back into that same microphone and becoming reinforced again, or it's re-reinforced, if you will. Um, and, you know, you can think of this visually, too, because there's a visual form of feedback. Uh, just imagine placing a mirror in front of another mirror and it creates kind of this infinite loop, and that's what audio feedback uh, becomes if you don't stop it. So uh, it, it's important to get a handle on that, and once you understand the basic concept, move through eliminating that pretty quickly. So how do we stop it? Well, <laughs> there's, uh, as I point out in the uh, guide, there's, there's three quick tips that I have for uh, stopping it, and uh, they're a little bit tongue-in-cheek, I guess, but uh, you can turn it down, you can move it, or you can EQ it. And, uh, you know, the number one thing, of course, is to put the microphones in the right spot. Um, you know, that, that kind of sounds simple, but um, it's really the best way you're going to get the highest quality sound and start to eliminate any chance of feedback. Um you want to keep the microphones behind any loudspeakers, uh, and you know if you put a mic in front of a loudspeaker, there's a good chance it's going to start to feed back. Um, and so, you know, turning it down uh, can be part of that equation as well. So sometimes just turning down uh, the overall monitor mix or the main mix just a little bit can go a long way in diminishing that feedback loop. Uh, moving the mic closer to the source makes the source louder relative to the feedback from the speakers. And then, of course, you can EQ it and kind of dig into a few little EQ tricks uh, to fine-tune that audio signal and get rid of some of those problem frequencies. So uh, how do we – are there ways to stop it before it even starts? You mentioned some of these, but are there some more preventative measures that we can take in our room, that we can eliminate uh, the possibility of feedback? 
Yeah, um, you know, again, it comes down to really uh, good mic placement, but also acoustically, uh, you know, you can try to deaden the room a little bit. Sometimes uh, when running sound, you'll find that feedback is more of a problem uh, when you don't have a congregation in the room uh, because of just the acoustic mass that comes with more people and, and filling the room up, even, even the air temperature to a certain extent. But uh, having, you know, a decent control on acoustics will really help. And that's where EQ can come into play as well. Um, a lot of feedback frequencies are actually at a lower frequency than people first suspect. Uh, I used to think that all the feedback was at really high frequencies, so I'd cut my uh, high frequencies or treble controls, and that didn't really solve it. So one of the first things you really want to do, especially for vocal channels, is to just cut out all the low frequencies below about 100 hertz uh, using a high-pass filter on the console, and that will do a lot to clear up the overall sound of your vocals, but it can eliminate some of that low energy that builds up and can start to cause it back loop uh, that way. So those, those are kind of the, the good basics and, and to help you keep a source from feeding back in the first place. All right, let's talk about EQ. Tell me some of the best ways to EQ a, a vocal and uh, instruments in your room. Yeah, um, so again, with vocals, kind of engaging that high-pass filter, uh, just cut out the frequencies that you're not really using for those instruments. Uh, the same can go for an acoustic guitar or other instruments that you might be using that uh, that low frequency energy would compete with other instruments in the mix. And then um, one of the best tools is to use a parametric EQ or a sweepable mid EQ on an analog console. And what you do is you cut the level of that EQ filter uh, to about 6 dB or so, and then you sweep the frequency range uh, along the available range on the console. And as you sweep across that frequency range, what you're doing is listening for what sounds better um, and then just applying that little bit of cut to that frequency area. And that can really go a long way to sweeten up the sound of that uh, mix or that source really quickly. Uh, another cool trick that you can use is you could actually boost the EQ level a bit and then sweep across the frequency range. And what you're doing with that is you're listening for what sounds bad. Uh, there may be a good chance that you can pick out what sounds bad better than you can pick out what sounds good. So you find that bad sounding frequency when you boost the EQ, and then when you find it, you cut that frequency level um, and try to get rid of that kind of that enhanced or uh, bad-sounding tone. So th those are a couple of quick ways that you can start to really dial in uh, your overall tone and EQ, but also get rid of feedback in the process. Gotcha. Okay, so what, what about buzz or hum uh, or even some, some radio? You know, sometimes there's radio frequency interference uh, in, in our certain rooms or in the location of our buildings. Uh, what are some quick tips for preventing these things. Yeah, and this is becoming a bigger issue as the frequency spectrum for wireless devices has uh, really yeah. gotten crowded. 
and um, you know, for, for folks involved in the rest of church media and production teams, you've got intercom devices and, and all kinds of uh, even wireless video devices in some cases. So um, it, it's starting to become a bigger issue, especially in terms of wireless. But uh, you know, for buzz and hum and a lot of interference issues in the audio system, the number one thing is to just use good shielded cables. Uh, there's a lot of instances where I'll go into a church and, and I'll have uh, audio quality issues, and it comes down to just simply having good quality cables, getting rid of the cables that have broken shields or have been crushed or otherwise are compromised. Um, and, and then when it comes to wireless devices or things like even electric acoustic guitars, you need to make sure those batteries are fresh and they're changed out regularly because that'll start to cause static and uh, buzz and hum and all kinds of unpredictable uh, scenarios. So do that. And then, you know, another common thing is to use the ground lift switch on direct boxes or other audio equipment uh, if you're having noise on a keyboard or other input signal. And then uh, making sure your power for your audio equipment is separate from your lighting equipment. Uh, that, that's something that plagues a lot of folks, especially portable churches that walk in and start plugging things in right. without knowing what power circuits are separated. And uh, you can start to get all kinds of interesting artifacts on your audio gear uh, when you mix and match equipment like that. Yeah, you mentioned uh, changing out batteries and things like that. Do you have or maybe talk through any certain uh, checklist like that? Uh, like, do you have a checklist that you go through every Sunday that says, I need to do, I need to check the batteries on this, I need to do this, this, and this? Do you kind of walk yourself through that, or is it more mentally, or how do you do that? Well, at, at this stage, since I've been doing it for 20 yeah. years about, you know, it's something that I kind of mentally do, but as I was putting the book together, uh, it, it's something that I really wanted to codify and, and sort of get to the point of how I really do it. And one thing led to another, I ended up putting together, I think it's like 50 or 60 checklist items that I put together. So I got pretty granular on my process. And uh, yeah, that's, that's changing the batteries and checking all those signals, definitely one of those steps. And that's, uh, that's actually available as a separate printout download, um, you know, as one of my bonus materials. And it's also on the free uh, mobile app as a kind of a interactive checklist. Yeah. Um, all right. So in Great Church Sound, uh, the the larger book, you break down the mixing console uh, and explain it in uh, small sections for really a volunteer to understand. So give me a quick snapshot of that portion of the book. Yeah, you know, um, a lot of people get sidetracked with, you know, if you're running an analog or a digital console or something like that. But, it, you know, it really doesn't matter what type of console you're running. You will always have a channel strip in some form or another. And it's really important to understand how that channel strip works because if you can master the concept of one channel strip, you'll have 80% of everything you need to know about the rest of your console. So, getting a good handle on the signal flow through that channel strip and really understanding the basics of the audio input comes into the preamp and that's where you adjust the gain or trim and then it moves on through the EQ section, effects, monitor mixing, and then finally through the channel fader. Uh, so kind of understanding how your console is laid out and addressing each of those 
component is really important. And so in the book, I actually use an analog kind of vertical channel strip as a good way to showcase that. Uh, but the concept still applied to a digital console. It's just going to be laid out visually a little bit different on the console. So. What, one thing I was really um, impressed with or, or really enjoyed about, about the book is that you really uh, present audio as an art form, as a craft, um, and I, I really appreciated that. So walk, walk me through how you talk about this uh, and some other mixing techniques for volunteers in the book. Yeah, you know, sound is, is one of those things that some, some folks get into it because it's really technical. Others get into it because it's, it's almost an art form. And it, it really is a combination of the two because we can't see it. So it, it seems a lot less tangible and some other technical component. Um, and that also makes it a very subjective art form, uh, especially for people listening to your mix. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, you, you do need to have an understanding of the art and, and learn how to listen, but you also need to know a few technical things, which is the craft part of that skill. And, uh, you know, to get consistent results, you really need to start to understand the fundamentals and get a grip on how things function in that system. And I, I like to say that it's really not much different than a painter. You're just painting with sound. So you're using tools, you're using skills, and you're also using some subjective kind of critical uh, listening skills in the case of sound engineering. Uh, but really, that, that is the most important thing is to listen and to practice listening uh, you know, training your ears to hear different frequencies and learning what instruments or vocals sound best in a certain frequency range uh, will really go a long way in helping you craft a mix. Um, it's, it's not always about volume. In fact, it's more about layering things by their tone and, and mixing things with a little bit more finesse than, than it is just turning up something up or down. You hit on something uh, there that I thought was really good in that audio is subjective. So uh, a answer this. If if I have a difference of opinion with my senior leadership or a leader in my church, how do you deal with that? The, the, you're, the, you're the tech guy. You're the, the audio uh, master. Uh, you know uh, you know what sounds great, but you have a leader come to you and say, hey, we need to do this. We need to make that change. How do you do that graciously, submit to them, but also – kind of know that you know what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I think that comes down to a few different things. Uh, one of the important things is style. Uh, so what, what type of worship style are you using and uh, playing at church? And are you actually mixing in accordance with, with you know, those traditional style notes, so to speak? Um, some styles uh, require vocals to be more or less present in the mix, or uh, a certain band arrangement may require the guitars to sit at a certain place in that mix and have more or less prominence. So you really need to pay attention as an audio engineer uh, to the styles of worship and, of course, the, the desires of the leadership team, and be willing to learn different styles you know, something that works for a more traditional worship service uh, may not work and probably won't work for a more contemporary style of worship service. So uh, as a live sound engineer, you need to be able to navigate that uh, and, and also handle the technical part of what you do with grace. You know, not everybody 
understands all the jargon and, and is, you know, really they don't even need to understand it. They just need to know that, that you're there as part of the team and you're all trying to achieve the same end result, which is a good quality mix that helps you uh, communicate and worship together as a congregation. All right, let's talk about microphones. Give me some of the techniques that you give when it comes to microphones and placement of those microphones uh, on a speaker, uh, on, a, on an artist on stage, or band members or instruments. Walk me through that. Yeah, so um, kind of like we covered a little bit earlier, uh, you want to make sure that microphone is as close to the source as possible and, and live sound this minimizes any bleed from other uh, acoustic sources that are on stage or any loudspeakers that are nearby. Uh, and you want to experiment with mic placement to find the sweet spot for each source. This is critical for instruments, um, like if you're micing a guitar or a horn or drums, things like that. Uh, and for vocals, you really, uh, you know, for handheld mics especially, you need to make sure and keep that mic really close. Uh, most microphones sound best when they're about one or two inches away from the mouth. So spend a little bit of time and train your vocalist to keep a consistent distance uh, between their mouth and the microphone and uh, try to impress upon them that it sounds a lot better when it's closer. And uh, you could even do some A-B tests or recording and have them listen uh, to the difference because it is a pretty drastic difference. Uh, when it comes to pastors or other presenters, uh, if you're using a lav or clip-on mic, uh, you want to make sure and keep that clipped high on the chest, uh, generally about six to eight inches from the chin. And if you're using a headset mic, you want to place that microphone off to the corner of the mouth instead of in front of the mouth where you can get a lot of breath noise. So those are kind of, the, you know, a good common rule of thumb places to start. Uh, when it comes to kind of handheld mics and, and more traditional uh, clip-on or headset mics. Uh, man, I think that, that, your, that the guide Great Church Sound that you wrote is, is a must-have for every church tech team. I think it needs to be on every audio console in churches uh, across America and around the world. It's an incredible resource. Tell us how we can uh, get it, purchase it, go on your site, uh, give me all that, uh, you know, download me on all that stuff. Yeah, it's, um, you know, the best place to get it is at Amazon. Uh, I've actually got the paperback book, I've got the ebook, and uh, this uh, few months ago I just released the audiobook portion of it, which uh, sounds intimidating. It's almost like seven hours of audio recording, but it allows you to, to uh, listen to the book on the go and uh, absorb some of that information. And you can find links to all of that at greatchurchsound.com. It's right there at the top of the homepage. So uh, that's the best place to probably pick that up. And, uh, yeah, it's a great book for team leaders, you know, if, if they need to get their sound team on the same page or for new members that are just starting out, um, you know, try to put it together in a way that it's great to start learning the basics of sound and why we do what we do. Now, you've also released an app recently. Tell me about that. Uh, tell me about the features that it provides. Um, uh, walk, walk me through that. Yeah, you know, honestly, I didn't even plan on having an app. It was it sort of came out of a conversation with a friend of mine, and, and he said that, yeah, you know, I could I could easily take some of the stuff and make a mobile app for it. I'm like, okay, that sounds cool. 
And uh, one thing sort of led to another, and we ended up with some really cool tools on there. Uh, one of them is a uh, multi-track digital practice mixer so that you can start to get a feel for how all the knobs and buttons work on a normal console. And you can start playing around with your mix and uh, experimenting with EQ and even some compression and reverb and get an idea of how those sorts of controls affect different tones in the mix. So if you've got a drum track or a, a guitar, or piano, or vocal, how do all those functions affect that sound? Uh, we also have a basic frequency analyzer and an SPL meter in there, and that really helps someone visualize the frequency spectrum of the sound and sort of correlate what, what you're hearing with what you're seeing on the meter. And that can uh, kind of help teach you some, something about frequency ranges and things like that. And then uh, I loaded all the tech tips and tech terms from the book into the app. And uh, I've got a complete sound check checklist and a few other cool tips uh, that are quick ref reference guides for the average sound tech that they can keep handy uh, in their mobile device. So it's, it's really a great companion for the book and a good sort of... Uh, almost like a Cliff Notes type of uh, tutorial. And it's it's available on all uh, platforms? Yeah, it's available for Apple and Android devices. Uh, so you can go to uh, the Apple Store, App Store, or uh, Google Play and uh, get that. And it's available for free. Are you a volunteer who needs to get a grip on the fundamentals of audio so that you can get great sound at your church? Or are you a team leader who needs quality training material for your sound team? I'm James Wassum, and I wrote Great Church Sound specifically for you. Great Church Sound is the guide I wish I would have had when I first started running sound at church. And as a technical director, it's also the manual I wish I could have handed out to every single new member of my sound team. This book teaches the fundamentals of audio. It doesn't matter what kind of equipment you have, you still need to understand the fundamentals of sound. And we're not talking about a bunch of geek speak here. This is common sense information that you can quickly apply to your mix and improve the quality of your sound. You'll discover the tips and tricks that helped me get better at mixing, and there are several interactive tools that are included in the free mobile app that is designed as a companion for the book. Great Church Sound is available on Amazon as an ebook, in print, and as an audiobook with over seven hours of content. Be sure to visit greatchurchsound.com slash churchmedia for links to the book and some additional free resources I've put together just for you. Thanks again for listening to the Church Media Podcast. Let's get back to the interview. Hey guys, you can follow James on Twitter at James underscore Wassum. That's W-A-S-E-M. And if you forget, just go over to the show notes page for this episode at 1230media.com forward slash 065. We're going to link you over to the Great Church Sound website, give you a free transcript of this episode, links, free PDFs, and more. Again, that's 1230media.com forward slash 065 as in episode number 65 on the next church media podcast next week on the show we're going to bring james back to talk about how to build your volunteer audio team we'll walk through how to train people that may not know anything about audio we're also going to talk through a course 
that James has created that gives your volunteers exceptional training on how to produce great sound at your church. Practical strategies for training your audio team. That's next week on the show. David Michael Hyde is our producer extraordinaire. David is a composer and producer for film and digital media. Check him out today, Saving the World at davidmichaelhyde.com. And thank you for listening this week. I hope you've heard a few things that will help you create memorable experiences at your church. I'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to the Church Media Podcast. Please take a minute today to rate and review the show in iTunes. catch you right here next week for another episode of the Church Media Podcast.